The title of today's message is Look in the Mirror. Open up your Bibles to James 1 and 22. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, but don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the Word, and then you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to look in the mirror. You see yourself. You walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then, say then, you're supposed to expect something, God will bless you for doing it. Now listen, preachers are always talking about if you do this, you'll be punished. If you do that, you're going to hell. If you do this or that and so forth. Well, now we know what to do to bring curse on our life. But what can we do to bring God's blessing on our life? And right here, it tells us. The Scripture tells us, makes it so simple. Can you do two things? How many people want God's blessing on their life? Can you do two things to get it? Is it worth doing just two simple things to get it? Watch how simple this is. Listen, this, 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 is, this is deep, man. Listen to the Word. Number two, do what it says. Man, that's deep, ain't it? Listen to the Word. Do what it says. Okay, this concludes today's sermon. Thank you for attending today. Well, y'all don't got it? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just end it right there? Wouldn't it be, just get that. It said two things. We're done. Boom, it's over. But... I'm going to make a statement. You cannot excel past your level of comprehension. And so we can hear it. We listen to it. But something happens in the air. I don't know what it is. By the time it hits the brain, and it comes time to turn into this thing called behavior, we get it all jacked up. And we can't seem to do what we heard. We, we want to do it. I think we, don't we want to do it? So what happens between that spot of, I heard it, to the place where I'm going to do it? And that is simply one word, comprehension. I don't understand if we're comprehending it. So I want to drop just a little bit of revelation on you. And I, I won't go too deep, but I, I just want you to see things from a perspective maybe you've never seen it before. And I'm going to go all the way back to Genesis 
Genesis 1, the beginning. And I'm going to go to the NIV, and I'm going to read, In the beginning, God created. God's in a creation mood. He wants to create something that doesn't exist. He created the heavens and the earth. But he said, now the earth was formless. Empty, makes this heaven, makes this earth, but it's formless. It is empty. It is dark. Darkness, in this case, means things unknown. A thing that is unknown or obscurity. Wow, obscurity, things, things that doesn't exist, things that is not known, things that are not clear or understood. That's what that word means, kochek, darkness. It was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So he's created something that is still in a state of nothing. Did you hear that? Why? Well, because it says he was hovering over waters. There had to be water. But it was darkness. Can you? Okay, I can turn this room off right now. Are there pews in here? I can turn every light out in here. Can you see the pews? They're here. But you're not aware that they're here because you're in the dark. Why? Because this is a place of unknown. I'm sorry. You can't see. It's uncertainty. It's not clear at all. But then you see God hovering or brooding over the waters. How many people have ever been out on a nice calm day and you walk into a pond and you lean out over that pond? How many people have done it? Maybe even have done it in your swimming pools, some of you city folk. I want to include everyone. Have you done it in a bathtub? Come on, have you done it? Let's get real. When you lean over, what do you see? You see a reflection of yourself. So God is known in the Bible as light, life, love. He's the father of light. So he's master light. So he's hovering over the water that is existent but not aware of. There's no awareness of the presence until God sees his own reflection. He sees his reflection and speaks, let there be light. And he saw that it was good. Now, you can't see until there's visible light spectrum. So from nothingness, God forecasts his reflection, his persona, his self, to be revealed by the eyes of man. Because until that awareness was made, nothing that was created existed and could be useful for man. You've got, listen, I know it's a little deep. Just hang with it. Get it. Because if you don't get this, you're going to be stumbling around in the dark the rest of your life. When you can't make sense out of something, when you don't have comprehension, when you don't understand, it's because you have no light, no understanding. You have the, nothing has been revealed to you from God because nothing in this realm that is created is revealed to you lest it's revealed by God. The master light, father of lights. That, that, do you have that concept? Notice he didn't speak 
darkness into existence. Why? Because nothingness already existed. Emptiness and void already existed. So what God did was speak light because when he spoke light, light then overpowered or watch this, filled the void, filled the emptiness, emptiness. Light fills the void of darkness. So there is no more. So you can say light overpowers darkness. You call it whatever you want to call it, but I would rather call it what it is. There was nothing there. He spoke light, saw the light was good, and the light filled the void. And the void was no more. Then he doesn't stop there. He separates. God will always make a clear separation of darkness in your life from what needs to be revealed. And if you want to wander over in the dark, over into the nothingness, over into the emptiness, over into the void, you will have a void in your heart and you will try to fill it with everything else you can see. The propensity is to fill the void. We crave knowledge. We crave wisdom. What are we trying to do? We have darkness, no understanding, and we want it filled. So we have to fill it with something. So we fill it with the things we see. But God set us up to hear it and fill it with the things we've heard. I didn't get an amen there. Somebody, that means you didn't understand it. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, after they sinned, it said, and their eyes were open. Oh, were they walking around with their eyes shut? No, they were operating on the eyes of their understanding based on God's word. And they operated under the light where there was no darkness. All of their void was filled so they had no need to try to fill, so they didn't even have to use this set of eyes. Because the eyes of their understanding, may God give to me the spirit of the revelation, knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. Enlightened, light, filling the void. Now I understand it. Now I comprehend. Now I get it. They got it. All of a sudden, Darkness enters their life. They invite darkness, and they created a void. So the first thing they did is, first thing they could depend on and see, I need a fig leaf. Who told you you were naked? Who, who, who told you that? See, you start getting doubt in your life. You start, you start having worry. You start having anxiety. You start having all these negative emotions when you have created a void. And there has been no enlightenment. The eyes of your understanding have not been enlightened. Why are, why are you still in fear when one of your loved ones is sick? Because you haven't been enlightened. Why are you reaching for a Tylenol bottle instead of reaching for your word first? I'm not saying you want to take a little time out to get out of pain while you're believing God. That's fine. I, you know, I'm not going to cross those lines because you haven't been enlightened. 
Why are you still walking around asking, I wonder what God wants me to do. I, I'm going to show you in two seconds. Okay? And it starts with two things. What are they? Listen to the word. Do it. Say it with me. Listen to the word. Do it. That was the deepest part of the message, by the way. I mean, I can go a lot deeper if you want me to keep dig digging this thing down. And I'll go and I just don't think we're ready for that right now. I don't think we need it. I'm just trying to show you how God set it up from the beginning. Why he separated the light from the darkness. He doesn't want you to have a void. He doesn't want you operating out of nothingness. Why do you think he says, I will meet all of your needs? All of them. You don't need anything from darkness. Darkness has nothing you need. <laughs> so why are we still looking into the dark place? Why are we still looking at the things visible to try to fix ourselves? Instead of listening so you can be enlightened, so you'll have revelation, and once you have elevation, you'll have with wisdom getting understanding. And then you'll know what to do. You'll know what's right. You'll know what's wrong. Okay. I'm a physician. We run tests. And I have to know sometimes where is my patient at that moment? You know, how are they progressing? Let me ask you a simple question. And just because we're sitting in church, I don't want you to try to look good. I just want you to tell the truth. <laughs> Amen, Pastor. What a concept. How many people woke up this morning and read their word and spent time in the word? Let me see your hands. How many people, has it been two days? A week. Don't put your hand up. How many people has it been a month and that Bible turned into a paperweight? You got to shake the dust off. At the don't put your hand up. You don't have to. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm here to check you. Every once in a while, you got to go stand in front of the mirror. Because if you don't stand in front of the mirror... There, how many people have ever had a salad, and you chomp that salad down, and you sucked it down like a starving Ethiopian, right? Ran out the door, half wiped your mouth, you still got stuff on your face, you got this big green leaf on your tooth. And you're walking around thinking you got it all together. How many people have had it happen? You smile, you look like you're at the salad bar. Right? That's what your soul looks like when you don't go to the mirror. You think you got it going on in front of everybody. Everybody sees it. I'm good, man. Things great in my life. Couldn't be any better. You think you're hiding it. Everybody sees it. We all see it. 
stop it. Sometimes you got to go stand in front of the word. Why? Because if you don't, you walk away. You forget what matter of man you are. Forget who you are. And when you stand in front of the word, you're confronted with who you are. Listen to me and listen to me well. Only God can speak to your void to fill it. Only God. You can try to fill it with other things, and you might get a little temporary relief, but only God can fill it and fix it. We start to deviate from the word. It creates a deficiency of light. You, you, you can't turn on darkness. There's no switch on your wall to turn on darkness. You can only turn off light. You don't throw a switch in your life and throw darkness in. No, no. You throw, the light's turned off and you create a deficiency. And that deficiency creates a void. And you can deal with the darkness and think you're, I don't care if you want to you know, talk to it, speak to it, whatever, communicate with it. There's no power in darkness. There's only the absence of light. I don't know how to get out of this dark place. I don't know how to get out of this place I am. Turn on the light. Listen to the word. Do it. Stand in front of the mirror and take an honest evaluation and let the word tell you who you are. You're believing a lie. Somebody told you were this. Somebody told you were that. That's not who you are. The world can be very convincing and convince you that you need to do this and you need to do that and you were born to do this. No, you were born to stand in front of a mirror of the word because only light created your future. And the enemy is trying to get you out of the light because in the dark places, you can make things look real good. I don't mean to be distasteful in any way, but you can be in a dark room and they can have a really nice, sweet voice. Oh, that sounds so sexy. That sounds like a hottie right there. As long as those lights are off, you're feeling good. You throw that light on and you run like a scalded dog. Hein, hein, hein. Because the truth has been revealed. That thing you're flirting with feels so good right now. It looks so good. Stand in front of the mirror and let God show you what it really looks like. You'll take off running. Fornication is the one place that says, flee. Run, Forrest. Run. It just feels so right. It feels so special. I don't know that I've ever felt so good. Turn on the light, baby. Your whole world is about to be destroyed. Sometimes we just got to 
go look in the mirror. Verse 8 and 12 we read in the NIV. It says, when Jesus spoke to the people in Matthew, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There is a war in the heavenlies going on, whether you know it or not, and it's over your soul. It is not dark against light. It is presence of light versus the lack of light in the world. See, you didn't hear a thing I said. You still think it's like Star Wars. Look, I am your father. It's not light against darkness. God has already spoken light into existence. God has already created separation. God already sent his son into the world, and he said in the very next verse, Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. Oh, excuse me. He said, when I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So while he's in the world, he's the light of the world. And so God sent his son to the light of this world. So there would be no absence of light. So the war is not light against darkness. It's light against the absence of light. Because the minute I say it's against darkness, you think darkness has some power over you. Darkness has no power over you. And if you had light in you, you wouldn't feel overpowered at all. You wouldn't be overwhelmed at all. You wouldn't be upset at all. You would have perfect peace. Quit giving power to darkness. I'm going to say it again. It's light versus the absence of light. If you're struggling, if you're fighting, if you're battling, you're fighting a fight that's already been won. Stop fighting. Start listening. Start doing. Get in front of the mirror. Get in front of that mirror. Well, this is happening. That's happening. This is so bad in my life. Oh, my God, this is falling apart. I don't know what's happening. Get in front of the mirror. Show me, God. Show me the ugly things I need to see that I don't want to see. Show me. Because God's not here to put you down, to run you down, to tell you how bad you look. No, it's just the opposite. His word is uplifting and edifying. It builds you up. It reminds you who you are. Let him tell you who you are. Let him show you what you can do. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But don't forget the very, he, he also <laughs> puts in Philippians 4.13. But through Christ, I can do all things. Are you tracking? So it's the presence of light versus the lack of light. And that's where we live. Then he goes on and makes this statement just to nail, just nail it down for you. Matthew 5, 14. You, say me, you are the light of the world. You're the light. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Why do some people lose this battle in their lives? Why do some people get led astray? <laughs> I have seen it. I, I know a, a, a young man that went to this very church 
one of the smartest individuals I've probably ever met. And he got his heart hurt in a relationship. And he left. I don't know if he was mad at God. I can't make those judgments. All I know is he got over, and then he started getting caught up into these earthly movements that you see and read about on the news. Next thing you know, he's reading this other book, and then it got him reading his Bible different because he's using this book to translate his Bible. What's wrong with this picture? He even came to visit me. It wasn't even worth trying to have a doctrinal battle. Because he wasn't here to learn, he was here to try to lead me astray. Not happening, folks. And so, rather than just make an enemy, I just told him that I felt he really needed to re-examine the Scriptures and take that other book and quit using it as a filter for the Word of God. The Word of God, the only interpreter... It doesn't need books, it doesn't need people, it needs the Holy Spirit. There is no other interpreter for the Bible outside of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. So somebody said, well, yeah, I read this reference that said about the Bible. Survey says, uh, wrong answer. Because that guy's hurt, has a void in his life, and he's trying to justify something he's doing because he doesn't want to face the truth. He doesn't want to stand in front of the mirror. So he finds and bends things around and twists them to make them look like something they're not. Amen. We've all seen it happen. So as a result, now, this man even, he's so, it's so far-fetched that he believes a whole other race of people are the promised people. It's like, how do you get that far? And you were raised right, boy. Get in front of the mirror. You know, I have a... I don't know why people get picked up. I don't know how they, 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 they fall prey. I, I don't know what the word is. But they fall into the praise... Of, excuse me, they fall into the snares of the enemy. Now, how do you fall into a snare of an enemy? Because you didn't see the trap. Track today's message. If you didn't see it, it had to be dark. It was in the light, you'd see it. The light was shining, you wouldn't step in the trap, walk into the trap. So we already found the problem. There's a void. There's darkness. And you walked right into it. Now you're caught in a snare. How do you get out? Comprehension. Enlightenment. How do you do that? Get in front of the mirror. I don't care where you are, where you're trapped, what's hung, what's up. How do you get out of darkness? Turn on the light. People say, how do I get out? Turn on the light. Go get in front of the mirror. Let that word tell you who you are. Remind you that there's nothing, nothing that Jesus can't do in your life. He who is free is free indeed. Nothing. Look at your neighbor and say, there's nothing. 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 How do they fall? 
One word. Deficiency. Track me here, and I'm going to try to move toward a close here. I don't know what will happen. There's a deficiency of light. That's the answer. We all got, are we there? So I like to use things in the natural to represent things in the supernatural because we can get our heads around a little better. There's something in the body. How many people have heard of thyroid hormone? Thyroid hormone is kind of a big deal. You ever get that hormone off, you'll think you're dying. It's bad news. Get too fast, it'll go one way, it'll feel like your heart's pounding out, your heart will beat, and you can go into rapid heartbeat, and it can kill you. You can go the other way, and it can kill you too. So it's something that needs to be in balance. Do you know that to make a thyroid hormone, there's an amino acid called L-tyrosine. Your thyroid grabs that, grabs an iodine molecule, puts it together, and that's your thyroid hormone. And as long as it has those two substances, two, sub two things, then it's balanced. Isn't that neat how that works? But watch this. Anybody remember your chemistry classes and you had this little chart on the periodic table? How many people know the periodic table? Gives you a headache thinking about it, doesn't it? Some of y'all went, oh. There's a little group called halogens. Now, on halogens are chlorine, bromides, right? And iodides, iodine. They're so close to molecular weight that, watch this. How many people have city water or around chlorine drinking? You drink ice cubes in a restaurant for all of you filter folks? Yeah, that's chlorine. So you're, you're drinking chlorine, you go in the shower every morning, and it's chlorine gas, and you're nebulizing it all the way straight into your blood system. And those little molecules will go in, and if you are deficient, listen to me, if you're deficient in iodine, they're so close to molecular weight, your thyroid will grab that and hook it to the amino acid. And it'll make hormone. What a neat compensation. There's just one problem. It's like having a bunch of cars in your parking lot with no keys. Because although the molecule is satisfied, it can't be activated. It's sitting there, and you can go run blood work, and your thyroid will look normal, and you have every thyroid symptom. They're going, nope, thyroid's normal. No, it's not. You have a halogen disorder. And you can't activate the molecule. What good is it if you can't use it? Do you understand that's what happens with darkness? You get it in your soul, and you're trying to fill the void, and you find a thing, a person, a situation, something to and you fill that void with it, and now you're satisfied. You're satisfied, but you can't be activated. Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you. Because <laughs> the Word isn't bringing enlightenment, so therefore you can't even hear, have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't we all have ears? So why does he have to point out, have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying? It must be a little different set of ears. So all we hear is the noise from our day-to-day -day routine, but we don't hear with our spiritual ears. Why? Because we haven't been enlightened because we're still satisfied with the dark. Is anybody getting this this morning? We have to get so dissatisfied 
that we do something to initiate a change. Now, here's the cool thing. Because iodine is so much more powerful of a molecule than the other halogens, if you start taking iodine, the right kind in inorganic nascent form, you take that, not regular iodine, on your hand. There's a special kind. Don't anybody go home and drink iodine, please. My bishop said drink some iodine, man. I'm going to feel better. No, don't do it. You'll just have brown lips. Don't do it. But you can take this iodine into your body, and it will go and kick off the molecules of the chlorine. And it will replace it so now, not only is the molecule satisfied, it can be functional and activated. That's what the Word of God does in darkness. It's so much more powerful because darkness really isn't a power. It's the deficiency. So the problems in your life are not the demons around you. It's the lack of light in your life. You have a word deficiency. You're anemic in the word. I know this isn't easy, but it's something you have to hear. So, 2 Corinthians 3.2 makes it very clear. For those of you who didn't get it already, you yourselves, I'm going to read from the NIV, are our letter written on our hearts, known and, what's that word say? Read by everyone. Read by everyone. Do you know that when you stand in front of a mirror, you can see from the outside in? But the difference is when you stand in front of the Word of God, you see from the inside out. Did you hear me? So when you stand in front of a regular mirror, which is where most of us live, worried about how we look, worried about how we sound, sometimes you'll practice and rehearse in front of the mirror. How many of you done it? We've all done it. Stand in front of that mirror. Every girl's crazy about a sharp dress man. <laughs> Maybe you didn't sing that one, but it was one like it. And you think you can just cover it up. Like putting lipstick on a pig. As soon as you clean her up, she's running for the mud, baby. When you stand in front of the Word of God, it reads from the inside out. So when you look into the Word and the Word tells you, it tells you what your identity is, who you really are, and you realize, watch this, while you, why you're here. The three most important things to discovering your purpose were right there. What your identity is, in other words, what do you identify with, light or darkness? Who you really are, it'll tell you exactly who you are. And then you'll know why you're here. You'll never have to ask another person. If you stand in front of the mirror and see a reflection of God's light in the Word, you'll see it's good. 
because you'll see a reflection of him. Can I tell you one more thing before we go? One more little just revelation. God hardwired us for the capability to be able to have this capability of imitating him. Be ye imitators of Christ. Imitate the light. If you see it, you can be it, right? And we actually have things they are called, guess what they're called? Mirror neurons. We call them monkey see, monkey do neurons. Do you know if you're the lights of the world, you're standing out of darkness. You are noticed. People are watching you. And you can only be whatever you can see. So when it says you're living epistles by the KJV, living epistles, living letters, remember there's Paul's epistles, you're the living epistle. In other words, people are reading your story every day. People are watching you every day. It says read by everyone. And your life is nothing more than a story about what God has been able to do through you. That's it. That's all it is. Not about you. Not about what you've done. It's about what God has been able to do through you through comprehension of you being willing to stand in front of the Word and let it be a mirror in your life and imitate what you see. Because if you're standing in front of the mirror every morning, all you're going to do is see Jesus. If you're in your Word, you're going to see Jesus. And what are you going to imitate? You're going to imitate Him. So John 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Or we can go Philippians 4.13. Through Christ, all things are possible. You can do all things. All or nothing. It's up to you. So I'm going to end this today with the final question. I'm going to call it a think statement. When people read your letter, your story, when they imitate what they see, will it look like Jesus? Can you please stand to your feet? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if some of y'all were kind of half clapping. I, are you still shocked by the sermon or what? I, th I think that was. I think that was good. That I. I think that. Was the reason why you need revelation of the word is it goes past the superficial layer of thinking. It goes down in deep. The Bible says deep calls to deep. Paul finally had to make a statement. You got to put away the milk. Milk is salvation. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm saved. Now what? Okay, we got that figured out. Now how do we live? So we got to have some meat. Sometimes you got to have some meaty sermons. Sometimes you got to take a bite and you got to chew on it a while. Can't just drink it right down. You got to chew on it. This is one of those you're going to have to chew on. And even if you don't think you understood everything you, you heard, your spirit got it. Your mind will catch up. Don't worry. 
Why? Because that spirit will renew the mind because the word will stay in your spirit. And as you keep reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it, it'll keep renewing your mind. Like halogens kicking off. Getting those toxins out of your system. Getting your toxins out of your spirit. Every time you put word in, darkness comes out. Word in, darkness out. Word in, darkness out. And there's no other way to fix it, guys. I wish there was. I wish it was an easier way. If there was, I'd preach that. But I just haven't found it. If you find it, bring it to me. But you know what you're going to bring me? The same sermon I brought you. Because that's what God said. So do you have a fresh new understanding of how God literally set the world in order? And if you're in here today, and there's darkness somewhere in your life, in your heart, if there's a void in you and you can't figure out how to fill it, now you know that it's nothing more than a deficiency. And I can preach to you for six more hours. There's no need. When you know what's wrong, you know what's wrong. Can everybody figure it out now? Pretty much know what's wrong. So the question is, how do we fix it? And the biggest question is, do you want to? Now I say this a lot, and I say it this way on purpose because I, I, I like to shock people. But Jesus didn't die for your sins so you wouldn't go to hell. That's not why he died. People go, what? what? He died so you'd have the choice. Because if he would have died for everybody's sins, we'd all be done. No, he died so you could have the choice. In other words, you're going to hell. You don't choose heaven or hell. You're going there without Jesus. So if you choose Jesus, then that's your way out. Why? Because light, light of the world, will overcome the darkness in your life for eternity. So if it's hopelessness, if it's depression, if it's sickness, if it's angerness, bitterness, whatever you can think of, grief, whatever form of suffering you want to call it, it's all resolved by the Word of God, the power of God, and the Son of Jesus. I mean, Son of God, Jesus. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head right now and close your eyes, please. No one looking around. If you're here today and you say, man, I want to fill that void. I, 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 I got to get this darkness fixed. Nobody's looking around. It's just between you and God. I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. I'm not going to call you out or anything like that. I'm just going to say a prayer across the congregation. But I do like to know who I'm praying for. So if no one else looking around, just if that's you and you say, yeah, Pastor, I want to, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I'm going, to, I want to get this fixed. Just lift your hand up real quick so I can see, just so I can see that we connected with you. Thank you for that hand. 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 You're not, thank you for that hand. You're not joining a church. You're just saying, yes, me, Pastor. I just want you to include me in on that prayer. Anybody else? I'm just looking around real quick. Thank you for that hand in the back. Thank you for the hand. Any more on the floor? That you just lift up your hand. Anybody didn't? Don't be afraid. Nobody's going to call you out, I promise. But remember, as soon as you put that hand up, that's permission for God to fix this. So if you need permission, you better put your hand up. Thank you for that hand, sir. Thank you. Yeah, you can put the hands down. Now, if you've been saved before, but you said, man, I want to get it right. I just got to come back. I got some, th I got some darkness I got to get fixed. And Lord, I'm giving you permission today to come in here. And <laughs> I'm, I heard you loud and clear. And I give you permission to fix it. Let me see those hands real quick. Again, nobody looking around. This is private. Looking yeah, thank you for the hands. Thank you. Okay, you can put them down. That's nice. Very nice. Very nice. Okay, everybody open your eyes. 
I want to commend everyone on your decisions that you made today. You made the best decision of your life because you're about to become enlightened and enlightened's about to come into that darkness and your life's about to change. And it's because you chose it. Freely given, freely given. Listen, it doesn't cost you a penny, but it will cost you everything because you're going to have to lay down everything to serve Him. And you're going to have to stand in that mirror and let Him tell you who you are so you'll know what it is you're supposed to do. Amen? So right now, I just want to keep my word, and I want to pray for those souls. I want to pray for everybody. So why don't we all pray the prayer together? not important that you hear me pray it. People around you, it's important that you hear yourself praying it, making that confession over your life. So right now, as soon as we say amen, that means that you have made that prayer of Romans 10 and 9, that you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and He died for your sins, God raised you from the dead. And if you believe and confess that, the Bible says you're saved. Healed and restored in every area of your life. Done. Just like that. And when we say amen, heaven is notified. The Lamb of God gets up, writes in the book of life. Your name records all those hands. He writes it in the book of life. You're in there. And it says all of heaven rejoices. What a holy moment. So as soon as we say amen, there's a lot of name writing going on in heaven. And we're going to rejoice as all of heaven and the angels rejoices, okay? So please bow your head and repeat after me. Say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus and ask you to come into my life. Fill me, cleanse me, make me everywhere whole. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe God raised you from the dead. Therefore, I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new in my life. I am a child of God. You are my Lord. I believe it. I confess it. And that settles it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's rejoice as all of heaven is rejoicing right now for the souls that are being recorded. I want to challenge you this week before I step down and they come up to do the announcements. I just want to challenge each and every one of you. Do yourself a favor. Get your word out. Dust it off. And stand in front of this mirror. You need to be reminded every day of who you are and the things you're capable of. I think if we can do that every day this year, I think we're all going to be doing a lot more than we ever thought we could. And I think we're going to all be a whole lot better. Amen? One more time. Lift up the Lord in this place, please.